understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. Before we jump into this incredible episode, you have to know that this episode is sponsored by our upcoming Women's Weekend, Women's Summit, our annual summit, Innovative Income Summit. This Women's Weekend, this circle of community, over 200 women will be in Tampa, Florida, July 31st and August 1st to not only celebrate and empower one another and create community, but exchange resources because when we come together, not only are we damage control, but we are truly everything we need within and with each other. So we're creating this space for you to heal, feel, dig deep, understand, and bring you business strategists. Some of the ones that have helped us scale and build our businesses, double, triple our income will all be in this room for you. We created Innovative Income Summit years ago because we knew women were so stuck in a pattern, myself included, stuck in a pattern that we thought that our worth and our ability to achieve financial freedom was stuck in someone telling us our level of experience, hitting this 10-year mark, an ex, a partner, a spouse, our father, a director, a business owner, our manager, our boss, telling us what we were worth, dictating our worth for us. And ladies, we are here to tell you through the power of this event that you have the ability to determine and dictate your own worth. You get to level you up now and you have everything you need within. And if not, you have incredible women around you and we're going to put them all in one room for this summit. On top of that, we are going to have so much fun. We have so many activities planned, so many great people coming to speak to you, people that we've used on our own journeys. And so you have to be in this room. The event is almost sold out. I want you to come hang out with us in Tampa, Florida. I can't wait to see you there. And I can't wait to give you a big ass hug. Make sure you grab your ticket before they are all gone. InnovativeIncomeSummit.com. Again, it's InnovativeIncomeSummit.com. Now. Let's jump into this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Stranded Phase podcast. I'm your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and we are back for another 15-minute Friday. And if you have never tuned into this, this is a different episode with my intent and the goal being to give you 15 minutes of applicable content, something you can take with you, carry with you, maybe apply today, maybe tomorrow, or really just sit on and take notes, right? Sometimes it's 20 minutes, 25 minutes, but I'm going to try to keep this as wrapped up as possible for you today. But I really want to talk to you guys about the the fruit of radical self-love, especially following the last couple episodes. If you have not gone back and caught the new episodes of this season. We've taken a huge turn in the content we're providing because of my personal life. And so we've done episodes with narcissist abuse expert Shalia Daly about understanding the type of people and partners we pursue, the boundaries we do and do not have, and how we end up in partnerships, friendships, and relationships with people that um, don't align with what we need, right? Because 
women alone acknowledging what they need is such a hard pill for us sometimes. And then, then you say setting boundaries and that's even a whole nother level because we actually have to push people pleasing aside. We have to have to actually accept what we want and what we need. And that requires a lot of radical self-love and silence and time alone. And speaking of silence, this is a season of my life that I have been required to sit in silence more than I ever have. And as a podcast host, as someone that is interviewed over 250 people, as a podcast media and agency owner, I've listened to thousands and thousands of podcasts from all different walks of life. We've literally produced, we produced over 2000 episodes last year. So I have heard and consumed it all and I know better, but to have to myself sit in a season of silence, a level of being alone that I have not done in what feels like almost a decade, um, it has been quite the messenger, truly been quite the messenger. Um, some of the most uncomfortable times of my life, probably the most painful thing that I feel like I have ever endured. It's not the only one, but it is definitely up there with the most painful things. It has been a true experience of grief as if there was a loss of life here. And I'm not comparing anyone's loss of life, but um, this has truly been I've experienced the exact same things on grief that anyone would, same emotions, um, same triggers, you know, disappointment, denial, depression, anger, all of it. And this season has truly been one that has blown my mind, required an insane level of responsibility of, of my own healing, because the goal is what, right? When we experience some in you know some transition in our lives the only thing that we can control is coming out a changed person right we don't want to come out the same people i don't want to come out the same person you don't want to come out the same person you do not want to come out on on the other side of something that has hurt you so badly the same you do not you want to come out someone else that is the only thing we can control and so it's been 4 to 6 months give or take, of this healing. And I feel like just the last three months have been, I would say six months of a transition. Three months have been just an insane level of required healing for me and sitting with myself, sitting with myself, sitting with my thoughts, sitting with the feelings, not pushing them aside, not pretending. One thing I have been committed to on this journey is not not overpowering my feelings and myself with some masculine traits that I know we all have. I know that we all possess. I know I possess them to be able to push through and pretend like I'm okay because there have been so many times when I'm not. And there are so many times when you're not, but because of society telling us that there's only certain boxes that we're allowed to show our emotions in, this is not one of them. Relationships and the end of relationships is not one of them. Um, You're supposed to decide, hurt for a little bit, figure it out, and then move on and um, and heal the best way you see fit. But this has just been one hell of a transition for me. And I just don't think it's normal to 
This does not mean I don't have amazing days. I have amazing weeks even. Um, And we're going to get into that when I talk about the fruits of radical self-responsibility. But if you've tuned into this season, I've kind of take you on this healing journey with me. Like I said, interviewing Shilia Daly, interviewing, um, interviewing feminine energy coach, Vanessa Nance, you know, just really opening up this healing and transformation space because that's really all we can do is use an opportunity like this to look in the mirror, right? To look in the mirror. What is this growth teaching me? What is required of me in this season? Who do I want to be as I go through this, as I go through the inevitable, as I go through something that I never expected, never saw coming How do I want to grieve? What do I want this to look like on the other side? And so I've tried to take you on this journey with me. And looking up after six months, I really experienced, almost daily, I experience a lot of gratitude. And sometimes sometimes I have to force myself to go there because it's moments when I'm angered and I retract and I feel like I even relapse in my thoughts, which... I use the word relapse because that's what I guilt myself with. It's like, why am I going back here mentally? But it's not relapse. I have to, I've learned I have to give myself grace and a lot of tenderness around the fact that like memories will still exist. There will still be emotional moments around what was. And so sometimes when I have those moments, I force myself into gratitude because it it is really just a switch in perspective of instead of being hurt by memories, just acknowledging them and being very, very grateful for them, what was, right? And so, but there are, are many, many moments where I am truly grateful where, where, with where I, exactly where I'm at. And so in this super vulnerable episode, I want to open up to you guys about some things that I feel like have been the fruit, right? Because I've spent the last six months planting seeds and kind of like, I feel like digging up some old ones and replanting them and refertilizing them and giving them nice new dirt and, you know, or deciding what doesn't belong there anymore, cutting weeds. Like it has been some deep shit. And so I just want to, and I am not done. I am not done. When I know I have a lot of healing to do, the work does not stop. This is a forever journey. Um, But this situation in particular, you know, leaving a long-term relationship, a family, understanding what was and acknowledging what is and welcoming the opportunity for all this new space. Six months later, I see so much value and gratitude around some things. And so I wanted to share some of the fruit for me around taking radical responsibility after such a transition. So number one, I have really learned in this season, and I don't think I ever would have been able to do this in a relationship. Maybe I would have, I was not doing it now or in the past. Maybe there would have come a time in a long-term relationship. And I'm certain there are many women that find time somewhere in their relationships, a season in their relationship to do this, but I had not been doing it. And it was that I have learned that there are some very small things that I truly enjoy. Like that I truly enjoy and learning that I enjoy them without a filter, without filtering through someone else's needs or someone else's eyes. Listen to me when I say this. I know I am not the only woman on earth that is 
a people pleaser by nature. It was it was subconscious to me to filter through someone else's needs and someone else's eyes on whether or not this made me happy or not. It, it's so, let me give you a very simple example. We don't, we think we don't ever know what we want to eat, but we know what we want to eat. We just want to make sure that someone else makes the decision so that we can just follow suit and make them happy because it's very easy for us to be a chameleon and evolve and adjust to make other people happy. We have this in our nature. Some of us are better than others. Some of us have better boundaries than others, but this is in our nature. But there are things that I was rushing through, things that I wasn't able to acknowledge, things that I wasn't allowed to be present with not allowed, don't take away the word allowed, that I was not being present with chasing other things, proving to people other things that I now literally have fallen in love with. And that that takes me to another word, which is presence. Presence. And I got to be honest with you, I think one of the greatest gifts of all of this has been me learning presence, has me breathing through present moments, learning to slow down, learning to breathe, learning to acknowledge that there are so many small things that I love. And when I filter it through my lens, when I filter it through my eyes, when I filter it through what makes my heart happy, I was already experiencing these things. These, they were everyday things in my life. I just did not have the time chasing validation, chasing proof, chasing this insecurity that I have had for years that I was enough, that I was enough of a woman, that I was enough. And so learning that I absolutely love coming home with my son in the afternoons and walking with him, this makes me want to cry, (laughs) walking with him while he rides his bike. Shit makes me so happy, y'all. It literally makes me so happy to see him so happy and to know that I get an hour of undivided time with him, you know, to listen to him, to hear how he's grown, to hear the things that he says, to watch him explore. Like, is that not the blessing of parenting? To acknowledge that like one of the things that fills my cup so much is like exploring and meeting new people. And I mean it in like the most quaint ways, like, you know, so many people have become obsessed with it. This looks like going to Miami and going to conferences. And I've talked about this before, but like for me, you know, meeting a business owner of a coffee shop in this season and us sharing life stories and her knowing my son's name and me knowing her kid's name and hearing her whole life journey and going there three days a week and sitting with there with her while she makes breakfast for other people and watch her greet and love on all the people that come through that door, myself included, knowing my order, you know, having these beautiful conversations with me, inviting me places, making friends and connections with strangers, people that beautiful, have beautiful souls and truly enjoy life as it is and that are more present and practice more presence than I do. Holy shit. Like I cannot explain to you how much that has filled my cup. Like when I leave and I'm smiling and I'm thinking, what just happened? Why, why does this give me energy? Why does this make me so happy? You guys, our creative energy is sourced from exploration. It's sourced from exploring. And you have to figure out what that looks like for you. 
Many people think that means jumping on a plane and going to a new place, but I have found so much joy in just the little things, the little things, things that I already have. And I have to be honest, and I'm not blaming my relationship. I'm I'm blaming the level of people pleasing that I have carried with me forever and ever and ever. That one of the fruits of this last six months, this major transition in my life, this alone time, this level of silence is I have learned through my own eyes what I really, really enjoy. And I think that's even come forward in my business, in creating content for entrepreneurs and business owners, in helping them curate the message behind their podcast and the mission and how it translates to their audience my business has grown rapidly in this season. And I think it's because I'm more clear than ever in the way in which I want to show up in the world and the way in which I serve because I'm not considering anyone else. Which brings me to my next point is I've learned that it is okay to be selfish in, in a season like this, in a healing season and you've heard me say this on my podcast numerous times, that we need to learn that there will be seasons that we will be selfish and it is required. And you need to literally step into it fully and be very selfish sometimes. But to me, this is a different type of selfish. It almost has like a dirty context to it. And I'm not shaming myself for this, but this is what it has felt like. And you need to surround the right people around you in a season like this because selfish can make people very uncomfortable very uncomfortable. I have lost some people just in the last six months, not understanding this season I'm in, but it really looks like this. I am so busy. So, and I use the word busy. I am so engulfed in my own mess, managing my emotions, managing my triggers, just trying to keep my business afloat at times trying not to cry, trying to heal, trying to seek out the healers and do the work and stay connected with people that matter and, you know, source for resources for my business and just manage and thrive in the relationship with my child that I cannot pour into anyone else. Yes, I can pour into my clients. It is, it's my calling. It's something that I refuse to let go of, but like, being there for other people is so hard. It is so hard. It's so hard. And having the right people around has been so key. You know, when I'm like, people are saying that they're doing stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm moving or I need to do this or I have this coming up. And they say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You take all the time you need to focus on fixing these things for you. And I'll be here when you get back. That has been everything to me because I realize this isn't a I deserve this thing. This is a I need this. There are moments where people are having very joyous moments and I want to cry and I want to be there for them too, but it makes me want to cry because seeing someone else experience joy, and this is just like a woman being pregnant and another woman, woman you know, seeing it, knowing that she cannot carry a child seeing someone else's joy is also a unfriendly reminder of the absent of that same situation in your life. So having the right people around that understand that I'm in a season of selfishness that where I'm just most of the time trying my best to hold it together 
has been critical, critical. Another thing that I really want to point out when talking about this is learning that you can experience joy still during this time. Everything is not sad. Everything is not sad. Now, I have very, very many sad moments. I really wish there were less, but I refuse to avoid feeling because it is required in this season. Um, I probably cry too much, too damn much, but I feel like that's a release. I feel like every time I release something, but you can experience joy. You can even know better. You can know better. Like I know without a shadow of a doubt that on the other side of this, when things start to swing upward, which in which they already are, there are signs everywhere in my personal life. But when things begin to swing upwards, I already know without a shadow of a doubt, 100% that my life will surprise me, that I will be blown away that what all of this work is going to do, the type of person that it's going to make me, the type of mother that it's going to make me, the way that my life will be, I will, I know that I will look back and be like, wow, no wonder I made all this space. No wonder I had to be alone in this season. No wonder I had to focus on parenting my child. No fucking wonder. I already know. Y'all listen to me when I say I know better. There is no, I don't know. I know. Trust me when I tell you, I know. I know I serve a God that's not going to put something on me that I can't handle, that I'm not strong enough to handle. I know I serve a God that is giving me something that just might be unclear to me now, but the fog will clear and the shit will make sense. I know better. But what I've learned to accept is that I can know better. And that does not change the grieving process. That does not speed up the healing process. And everybody wants to say, change your perspective, be more positive, let go. But I feel like healing and experiencing the pain is the process of letting go. And you don't get to speed it up. Do I want to be here for two, three years? Hell no, no. But I don't want to throw this pity on someone else. I don't want to pretend like it doesn't exist because if I continue to pretend like this doesn't exist, I'm going to end up in the same relationship six years from now with the same exact problems and the same exact triggers and the same exact lack of boundaries than I was in this same situation. I have to feel this. I have to experience joy, know better, and take all the pain that comes with it the pain, the pain that comes with it, the thoughts of that pass of short moments of victimization. Why me? Why? Why does this feel so unfair? What did I do to deserve this? Moments of witnessing other people experiencing joy and it making me realize the absence of it in my life in these moments. Knowing better knowing that what's on the other side of this is so great that I can't even conceptualize it, that God is making space in my life for something that I could not have fathomed, that God is requiring me nothing more in this season than to love myself and my son in the most radical way that I never thought possible so that my boundaries become so damn thick, y'all, that I say no without a shadow of a doubt when I know I deserve better, that I stand in my power with what I want and what I deserve and don't doubt myself for a fucking minute. 
Let me be clear. Let me help you acknowledge this in this moment because it's something I had to acknowledge as well. I was so faulty on my boundaries because at the end of the day, based on my childhood traumas and the relationships that I've been in in the past, I would falter at the idea of anyone allowing me to think that I needed to make changes or adjust or their actions or behaviors dictating my worthiness. Absolutely did. Absolutely did. And so learning that right now, in this season and every moment forth and every moment before this, I am enough. I am enough. And the only thing that's going to empower and change that and give me confidence in that is not another person, not another partner, not another business move, not a dollar amount in my bank account. It is going to be a level of self-love, radical self-love, healing, attention, (laughs) acknowledging my traumas, my triggers, and just literally hugging myself and experiencing the most insane presence and keeping my promises that I have ever done in my life. And when I list that out, I want you to think of it the same way I think of it. That shit sounds exhausting. It sounds like a lot of work. That's a level of work I would have never been able to do inside of a relationship. Never. And so I know there is nothing more in this season than for me to do exactly that. A level of radical self-love to myself and my son that I have never given attention to. Never. It's time, ladies. Listen to me when I say it's time. Another thing that I have really, really felt the fruit of is learning what self-care is and learning what self-care isn't. Recognizing and choosing myself over and over and over like I actually have to be honest, there's been so many times in my life, and I've done podcast episodes on this shit, where people use self-care so flippantly that I'm like, what does that actually mean? Like, sometimes I feel like I experience self-care when I go get a massage. Sometimes I feel feel self-care when I give up work for a beach day. Absolutely. When I rest, I feel self-care. But like, there's like a level of empowering self-care that I've experienced in this season when I choose me. And I'm talking like selfishly choose me. I'm going to give you guys a quick little story to explain this because I've never felt such self-care in my life. And when I give you this small example, I think some of you are going to think I've, I do that all the time. And some of you are going to be like, wow, um, I need to do more of that. When I finally decided I knew I was moving out of our home soon anyway. Um, there's There's been a date set that I had to, I was getting out of our home that um, Cam and I have been living alone in for the last couple months. And I found a new place to live. And it was, in my mind at the time, perfect. Three bedroom, uh, two bathroom, garage, condo, small little town home, you know, 15 minutes from where we live now, closer to his school felt right at the time. The housing market is going so fast here. So I literally applied and paid the deposit on the same day to lock it in and get it off of Zillow, right? Felt like I did the right thing. It took two weeks for them to draw the lease up and um, for the housing association to approve my application. And in those two weeks, I spent time manifesting. And I don't know if any of you guys do this, but I just kept driving by the townhome 
Like every day when I would drop Cam off to school or I'd be driving somewhere, anywhere to run errands, I would pull into the parking lot because it was on the way and pull in and just try to imagine myself in there and, you know, imagine the beginning of another healing journey, another transition. How fruitful would this be? How good would it feel? How excited does this make me? Is it empowering? And I got to be honest with you guys about something that was really weird. I kept envisioning myself inside that home and I kept envisioning it feel very dark. And I kept having visions of myself crying while I was in there. And I kept wondering, like, I kept pushing it off. I was like, what? No, like this is exactly what you need. You need your own home with your son to begin like another level of this healing process. So this is perfect. It's exactly what you need. A bedroom for you, a bedroom for Cam and an office. It's perfect. It's affordable. It's in your price range. And something felt so off about this place. And they hadn't sent me the lease yet either. So one day I'm sitting with my best friend, Megan, and another friend of ours moved into a place, just downtown, sick views. Like I watched the video and I was like, man, look at this. Like one day, like Miami views. And she was like, oh my God, let's go buy for a tour. Let's go look at it today. And I was like, I cannot afford this. Long story short, she talks me into just picking up the phone and calling and seeing what they say. And I pick up the phone. I literally press the button on the website, call the main line, ask if we can come for a tour. And someone picks up and is like, we're so busy. I can take your name and phone number down. She takes my phone number down. She's like, is this your name? Is this your phone number? Oh, this is Jessica. Or she writes down, she's like, Jessica, her wait, is this Jessica Hurley? And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, this is Ashley. We went to college together. You know, we've known, I've known this girl for like 15 years, y'all. Not 15, like 12. And she's like, oh my God, come down, like come down for a tour. No problem. Megan and I go down for the tour the same day. We tour it. I fall in love. And then I'm like, no, Cam and I can't live here. I can't have a toddler here. And she's like, there's so many kids in this building. There's so many families in this building. She shows me around things that Cam and I can do. I fall in love. And I'm like, well, here's my price range. I can't go anything above or beyond. Literally the same apartments were like double my budget. And she's on her phone looking through some emails and she's like one place, one unit just became available. I can get it for you at that exact price, but you have to move on it today. And y'all, I jumped on it. I jumped on it, called the other place, canceled it, got my money back for the deposit, went in on this place, and I'm moving there at the beginning of July. And I not I have not once regretted ending the lease at the other place. And when I got the email that I was approved and we would be moving forward with everything in this place with a view, it's it's crazy because it's downsizing. I have to sell all of my furniture to fit into this two bedroom place, but there's something about it that feels so right. And when that email came through, I was like, it felt like the most, most adequate level of self-care that I have given myself in a long time because I did something and made a decision for me without considering anyone else besides the well-being of myself, my health, my growth, and my wealth and my environment and my son. If I know we both will be okay, the decision was made. I didn't have to consider anyone else. And so learning that self-care sometimes is just 
being selfish, caring for myself and no one else has been a level of enlightenment that I can't explain because it felt like choosing me in that moment felt like I was giving myself the best hug I'd ever given myself. It was like me telling myself, girl, I trust you. I trust you. You got this. Your intuition is right. The feeling in your gut is right. And you made a decision to fix this. And once again, you're right. You know yourself. Trust yourself. She's got this. So learning that self-care is literally caring for myself, (laughs) as simple as it sounds, has been a, a level of enlightenment and newness that my soul never knew I needed. And the last thing, the one that I'm finally understanding, accepting, and I think still uncovering pieces of is that forgiveness is a two-way street. While it is not for the other person and it is for you, it is tough. It's tough. And I want to leave you guys with this that I heard on Glennon Doyle's podcast, and it was probably the deepest level of understanding that I never knew I needed around forgiveness because we can hold ourselves accountable for a very long time for every time we are angered quickly, we feel like we're not over it yet, right? So every time I'm triggered, every time I get upset, every time I get angry, I even then I shame myself for not healing from this fast enough, for still having the emotional um, capability of getting angered so quickly over something that is no more, right? And she said that forgiveness is so tough for us sometimes because sometimes forgiveness is the only thing in between you and someone else left. So that holding that pen, holding that line is the only thing left. If you actually embody forgiveness with someone else that you have a long standing relationship with, it's actually you saying that every memory, everything that we've ever done, everything that ever matters, something I once loved deeply, forgiveness says, I'm letting all of that go. None of that matters to me anymore. I'm letting it all go because now I forgive you the power that I gave you to hurt me because all of the things that I loved so much. So when I forgive you, I forgive all of you. I forget all of you. And not, you know, they say forgive and not forget, but I forgive you. And now I'm telling myself that none of these things matter anymore. Not the way you hurt me, not the way I loved you, none of it, because I'm just forgiving you. And that forgiveness is the last step and the last thing many of us have left between us and someone we once loved. And that really hit home for me. So it made me give myself some grace and some tenderness around the fact that that could take some time and that it's perfectly okay. And my only job is to care for me, focus on me level up, use this time as an opportunity because it truly is an opportunity and space to do things that I never could do inside a relationship and learn how to manage my emotions the best I can in a situation that causes a level of grief and that my soul needs to heal from. So I wanted to share this with you guys. I wanted to share it with you just the fruits over the last six months of having the 
space to experience radical self-love. I think that's a limit. I think I've learned so much more connected with friends on such a deep level, learned so much about myself to an extension that I don't even have enough time on this podcast to explain, gotten insanely present with my child, insanely present with my community, and tried to be as deep as and and as open as possible on this journey because too many women suffer in silence. We don't share this enough and we are required to, to give a level of masculine energy that I think is just unfair to us in order to survive and thrive. And so I share this with you and I thank you guys so much for loving me, you know, not telling me this is too much. And I hope somewhere along the lines you can relate, you can experience healing in any of these healers and And people that I share with you on this podcast are people that you can utilize along your journey as well. I'm sending you guys so much love. Thank you for really holding this space for me in this season while I endure my very own transition. And I hope it empowers you on yours. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.